Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number six of the Southpaw Dog Training Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you will stick around and subscribe because I have a new podcast coming out every week. If you don't know, my name is Ryan, and I'm a dog trainer in beautiful Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada, and I'm hoping to help dog owners like you live better, happier, and more fulfilling lives with your canine companions. This week is part two of my discussion about the so-called holy grail of dog training, loose leash walking. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and do so before continuing with this podcast. This week we're talking about equipment. As I said in part one, equipment doesn't teach your dog, but it can really help you. It can assist you with teaching your dog. Having the appropriate, well-fitted equipment can be your assistant and get you where you want to go quicker and more precisely. Remember, you're still the teacher and it's up to you to make sure the dog is learning the correct lessons. Having said that, the wrong piece of equipment or equipment that's not used or fit correctly can really hinder any progress you can make. Equipment isn't everything, but it's definitely an important part of the learning process. Let's talk first about equipment that you should generally stay away from. Look, there's always exceptions to the rule, but this is for 95% or more of dogs. Flexi leash. Yes, that's two words that can make most dog trainers shudder. Personally, I don't think I could smile and say those words at the same time. Flexi leash. Flexi leash. Nope, can't do it. Yes, even flexi leashes have a place and time where they can be useful, but teaching your dog to walk nicely on a leash is not one of them. Now don't come from me and tell me how you taught your dog on a flexi leash. If you did, then you probably put in more work than you really needed to. But good for you. The second piece of equipment that you should probably stay away from is flat collars. Flat collars are just the regular collar that your dog wears every day. Flat collars are best for holding your dog's tags and maybe a good handle in case of emergency. The only dogs that you might use a flat collar for training would be puppies. You can use a tightly fit flat collar to start teaching your puppy leash manners in your home or in your yard. The biggest risk with flat collars is a lot of dogs can easily back out of them or slip their heads out of them. Also, if there is tension on a flat collar, all the pressure is directly on the front of their throat. The third piece of equipment that you should probably stay away from is harnesses. Now again, don't come for me, hear me out. There are so many different types of harnesses out there, and let me be clear, I am not anti-harness. Harnesses are great for dogs who are already trained. There is a myth out there that harnesses teach your dogs to pull. And again, equipment doesn't teach your dog. Harnesses do make it more comfortable for your dogs to pull. There is also a lot of magical harnesses out there that promise to fix your dog's pulling problem. The so-called no-pull harnesses. You can't see me right now, but I'm shaking my head with frustration. I understand we are all very busy people with jobs, children, family get-togethers, hobbies, and social lives. We are always looking for the quick fix, the easy way out, and I understand why. 
I used to be somebody who believed in the get-rich-quick schemes and the easy workouts that will get you ripped in 90 days. I'm almost 40 years old, and I can tell you that nothing worth having is easy to do or easy to get. Dog training is like everything else. You get what you put into it. There is no quick fix. The main problem with harnesses is when a dog is still learning, it removes any communication from the leash. I know there are dogs out there that may have neck or throat issues, and you have no choice but to use a harness, but obviously that is a small, small percentage of dogs. The next piece of equipment that you probably shouldn't use is an e-collar. I am not anti-e-collar, but unless your dog is already trained or conditioned to an e-collar, I would not use an e-collar in this situation. Chances are, if you have put in the work to train your dog with an e-collar, then you probably already have a dog that walks nicely on the leash. If you have never used an e-collar and want to, please find a qualified trainer to help you with that process. Let's talk about gentle leaders and halties. I got zero problem with people using them if they work. The point of them is to make it uncomfortable or at least less comfortable for a dog to pull. And if they're currently saving you from getting dragged down the road, then I say fantastic. The only thing you need to remember is again, there is not a whole lot of learning going on. The dog learns that it sucks to pull when it's on, but it's not really teaching your dog what you do want from them. Now let's look at some equipment that you could use or might use to train your dog. Every dog is different. There's no one thing that's perfect for every dog. Let's talk about martingale collars. A martingale collar is similar to a flat collar, but they have a loop or a chain, and when you put tension on them, they tighten, but only to a certain point. One, it makes it hard for a dog to back out of or slip out of, and two, it helps distribute the pressure around the neck. But the main point of pressure is still at the front of the throat. My dog's everyday collars are martingale collars, and they can be used to start teaching your dog loose leash skills. It is the minimum I would have a dog wear out in public, especially dogs in training, because at least the chance of the dog escaping their collar is very minimal. Let's talk about prong or star mark collars. Look, I know the words prong collar makes some people very nervous. I understand. I get it. I know. It looks like a torture device. It looks awful. And I used to be totally against using them. That being said, I can guarantee that a prong collar has saved many lives, both human and animal. The problem with them is that there are people out there misusing it and abusing dogs with it, and that's absolutely awful, okay? That breaks my heart. Most people or trainers that are against them have either never used one or never seen one used properly or don't understand how they work and just refuse to listen to anything other than prong collars are bad. They're an easy target because they look terrible and everyone has a very strong reaction to anything to do with prong collars we are very soft-hearted with our animals especially in the western culture we talk about them like they're our children and forget they are dogs the way the prong collar works is it distributes pressure around the neck not onto one point but to 20 or more points evenly around the dog's neck when they are used properly they are actually safer than most collars and don't strangle or choke your dog they are one of the best tools to be able to clearly communicate with your dog through the leash. They aren't necessary for every dog, and I would suggest finding a qualified trainer to teach you how to use one properly and how to fit it properly, and how to use it humanely, fairly, and effectively. 
I see dogs walking down the street every day with prong collars that are the wrong size or gauge. They're usually not fit properly. It's supposed to sit snugly high on the neck right behind the dog's ears. But in a lot of cases, the dog walks around with this loose metal necklace and it makes me cringe every time. Let's talk about slip leashes. Slip leashes are a leash and collar all in one. This is the perfect tool for training a lot of dogs. Just like the prong collar, the loop should be snug, up high, right behind the dog's ears. A slip leash will have a tab or a clip that you can use to keep the loop snug. The problem is that many of them use a small leather tab and they just don't stay tight. The loop becomes loose and it starts to slip down the dog's neck, which causes the dog to cough and choke. Tom Davis or Will Atherton make an excellent slip leash that you can buy online. Instead of a leather tab, they have a spring-loaded clip that keeps the leash where you want it. Tom Davis's website is buynobaddogs.com. Buy, B-U-Y, nobaddogs.com. And Will Atherton's website is fenrircanineleaders.com. Fenrir, F-E-N-R-I-R, canineleaders.com. You can also find slip leashes at pretty much any pet store, so take a look, see what they have available. For a lot of dogs, the slip leash has enough action or communication ability to teach a dog a loose leash walk, if used properly. Well, it looks like this two-parter is growing to a three-parter. Now that we have talked about equipment, next week we can continue our search for the holy grail and talk about how you actually teach your dog to walk beside you nicely. We will talk about a few strategies, methods, and how to troubleshoot your training. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned for part three next week. If the platform you're listening on allows you to leave reviews, please do, and let me know what you want me to talk about, or ask a dog training question, and I'll try to answer it on the following podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'm Ryan with Southpaw Dog Training. No dogs left behind. <laughs>